0: Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. Hey, keep your mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With
1: Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football.
0: To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this ball out the real south on a bunch. Can't take the real south out of my voice. And now, here we go again. Twist a little bit. Of tea. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to After the Snap. My name is Blake Ferguson. I'm the long snapper for your Miami Dolphins. I am joined by my lovely co-host and brother, Reed Ferguson, long snapper for your Buffalo Bills. We have a sweet podcast this week and a great interview with Arkansas Razorbacks long snapper and senior bowl invitee, Jordan Silver. He is at the Senior Bowl right now. So stay with us for an interview with him later in the pod. But first, Reed, what's going on, dude? Man, I'll tell you what. I am over the moon. I am over the moon excited. You want to ask me why? Yeah. Why are you excited? I opened my mail yesterday and I received a letter from Traeger. Oh, are you familiar? We love smoked meats. Yes, we do. This is a smoked meats pod. Yes. I received an invitation to the I think first annual twenty twenty two Traeger Summit. What does that mean? I don't know. All I know is that it's a uh, it's a it's an event over a couple days uh, out at their headquarters and it looks like it's a celebration of smoked meats. So are and you I'm just honestly are you a meat fluencer now? I am a hashtag meat fluencer that is going straight in the bio. This, I mean this is just I it's right after my birthday. I couldn't think of a better a better way to celebrate. I mean this is amazing. Who needs cake on your birthday when you have a nice brisket with a a nice 18 hour brisket, perfect bark on it. Like and some can, burn you, ends. You really and some burn ins You really can't ask for more than that. It's but there, yeah, it's going to be incredible. There's something else that we probably need to make note of before we get into championship weekend in the NFL. And I said on the pod Twitter account that we would not be talking about LSU basketball. But you're going to you're going to make me you're going to make me do it. Reed, we're one in five since we've discussed LSU basketball on this podcast. And and I think we might be part of the problem here. I will fully take the blame. Okay. I'll fully take the blame. I didn't want to get into it, but you brought it up. So here we are. Okay. We lost last night to Ole Miss at home. We've dropped five of six. Baseball season is right around the corner. Okay. Everybody's going to want to go to the box. Right. Right. Baseball and, at and, the Bucks. and the, the fans that we, we we're we were kinda okay, oh is LSU a basketball school? We started, you know, thirteen and 0 We're looking great. How are we gonna do in the SEC? And right when we mentioned it on the podcast, everybody needs to tune into LSU basketball. Wah, wah. We, we have laid an egg. Admittedly, we've had a good deal of injuries to some of our best guys, but I it's it hurts. It hurts. I am I am so bought in every year. I know this is it, this is basically somewhat of a rebuild year. We have Will Wade is bringing in a great class next season. It hurts. Reed I want the fans that that got that got stuck on the undefeated start to stick and I don't want them to go to the baseball game. They might not only be going to the baseball games. They might also be choosing to attend the gymnastics meets as well. And basketball might fall to third in well, terms of I'm LSU sports. I'm just speaking sports. on, I mean, you can't play basketball and gymnastics at the same time. Yeah, I, but I'm you're not going to go to the PMAC every night. You got to find Yeah, I mean, I'm gotta just gotta saying pick. on nights where you have LSU you have both. home got games it. and baseball games, yep. more people, if we don't turn it around and start showing some promise, people are going to go, we need, a, we need a strong finish to the season. And it doesn't get easier. No, it doesn't get easier. So, uh, I mean, last last night, Ole Miss was a must win. You know, uh, I'm done. I'm done talking about it. Let's get into championship weekend. In other news, uh, Joe Burrow is that dude. Something we all knew, but was even more so confirmed this week. He – the play that he made where he, like, was – getting out of the pocket against um, Third and seven Chris Jones minutes left in the fourth quarter. Chris Jones. I was, was going like, to bring it up. Yep, It was like trying to grab his shoestrings and he ran for, ran well, for the first time. Before that, he yeah. almost got sacked. Yeah. He was like in the middle of like four defensive linemen and just like snuck out. It and, it, it, it reminded me of the Eli Manning Super Bowl yeah. helmet catch. Right. He's yeah. like, there's like three people yanking on his Jersey and he's, his head, he's going to headlock. And somehow he gets out of it. You know, firsthand, he made plenty of those plays at LSU. It's what he does. Unfortunately, his season got cut short last year, but I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing to see, um, to see what, what that Bengals team has put together, uh, this season. Obviously led by Burrow and Chase on the outside. Um, pretty, pretty amazing. What do you think of his look going into the stadiums? He's, he's earned it. One hundred percent. I love it. I'm not I can't sit here and hate on it. I feel like the the jackets and the shoes and the glasses, the glasses are my favorite part. I feel like all of that is not only earned, but he does it in a way that's not like it doesn't make you like want to pull against him because he's wearing it. It's not arrogant. Yeah. He he kind of walks a, the line between swag. confident and cocky yeah. and like tiptoes that just like he did when he was at LSU. For like sure. When he was, you know, Texas, when we beat Texas and he was like, you know, giving the little like Miss America wave to the fans and stuff. That's just, he was just being himself and and I think that that's likable for him. Um Absolutely. and he he's found a way to do that. Uh but not only Joe, he he and others from LSU LSU will be well represented at the Super Bowl. I mean we've got Jamar Chase and Tyler Shelvin in Cincinnati with Joe. and Andrew Whitworth, Odell. Is that it in LA? I think I didn't I didn't I didn't look specifically. Those were the only two that I could think of, but I knew we were going to have at least five guys. It'll be interesting um, with Andrew Whitworth playing in the Super Bowl against his former team where he played for a number of years. I, yes. I think that that'll be a, that'll be a fun matchup. Yeah. Cool. Uh, also for, you know, Matthew Stafford has been so good, right. His whole career, you know, setting passing records and, you know, throwing for a ton of yards and touchdowns in Detroit. Uh, but they could just never kind of put it together and make a postseason season run. Uh, so to see him obviously get traded out to L.A., under Sean McVay, and, um, you know, you put a lot of good pieces around him. Uh, kind of, you know, kind of reminds me of what uh, the Bills did for Josh. You know, you get this quarterback and you put a good, you know, core around him of receivers and skill positions and a good line in front of him and kind of let him showcase his talent. That's really what the Rams have done for Stafford. So, uh, and, I, and I know, I, obviously, a ton of people know him. He's been around for a long time. Everybody says he's, you know, he's pretty much a great dude. So very happy for him. Going to be a great game. Uh, Definitely looking forward to watching it. The last thing we want to do before we get to our interview with Arkansas Razorback and senior bowl member Jordan Silver is we want to give out this week's after the snap clutch snap of the week for championship weekend. And again, we've got a doozy. Both wins were made by field goals. Clutch yes. field goals late in the game. The Bengals hit a 31-yard field goal in overtime to win. Evan McPherson continues to dominate. And then the Rams hit a 30-yard field goal to go ahead with, I think, almost two minutes left in the game. Yeah, and it was then like ultimately, 150 maybe, yeah. And then ultimately beat San Francisco to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, congrats to Clark and Matt Orzik. Um, I mean, there have been no shortage of clutch snap field goals in the playoffs this year. You've played against Clark uh, and obviously, you know, Matt, I don't uh, think that I've played against Matt uh, yet, but I have played against Clark uh, a few times. He's a great dude. Uh, Definitely. You know, he's a vet in the league. You know, very cool for him to uh, one of the few guys that snaps with gloves on. Uh, interestingly enough. Um, so uh, great for those guys. Uh, they've been, uh, you know, solid all year. Uh, so very happy for, for Clark and Matt. Congrats to both of them. And now let's get into our interview with Jordan silver. Today. We've got Jordan silver joining us long snapper for the Arkansas Razorbacks. He was a four year starter for them out of Branson, Missouri. He's opted out of his super senior COVID season season. And he is headed to the NFL. He's currently at the senior bowl down in mobile and congratulations. First of all, I guess, but man, this is, I mean, this is such a cool, cool time for you. Thanks for joining the pod. And, uh, just tell us about yourself. Tell us, um, from the very beginning, how did you get into long snapping?
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thank you all for uh, having me. It's uh, awesome to finally be on this prestigious podcast my upbringing with long snapping started um, freshman year in high school. My dad just took me out into the front yard. He was, you know, as a freshman, you're always looking, how can I get on varsity the fastest? My dad said, hey, I, I long snapped in high school. Why don't you try this? So started throwing the ball around or trying to snap out in the front yard and uh, picked up some YouTube videos along the way and just progressed, and now I'm here.
0: It sounds like you've got one step ahead of Blake and myself because our everybody asked us, like, they ask us that question. How do you get in long snapping? And Blake followed my, my footsteps, but I kind of fell into it because of a uh, injury on our eighth grade, on my eighth grade team. And everybody says, well, you know, you know, you've two in your family. How in the world does that happen? Did your dad play football? Did your dad do anything? You know, did he long snap? We're just like, no, we just, we, we, we just started learning. He certainly helped us, you know, uh, with lessons and, and going to camps and stuff. But, but, I mean you're you you said your dad did it. Uh so so he's obviously got prior experience which is awesome but uh yeah that's that's funny you got you 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 had you had a little bit of a head start on us.
1: He, I'm not sure he wanted me to kind of take it as far as I have. He um wrestled at Oklahoma State and then a little bit with the Olympics. I think he kind of wanted me to follow in his footsteps a little bit, but I didn't want to live in a shadow my entire life. So I decided, oh, we'll, we'll try snap and see how far that gets me.
0: Jordan, do you have anybody that over the years that you have modeled your game after? Do you, are there any like YouTube clips that you've pulled up, you know, through the years that you're like, oh, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, mimic his form. I want to, I want to model my game after him. Do you Do you have somebody like that?
1: Yeah, I've definitely uh, YouTubed a lot of guys and seen, I kind of view it as my, my snap is kind of like my golf swing. And I see it as I can pick pieces and parts from watching other great snappers around the league and around the country in college and kind of see what works for them. Maybe, maybe let me try that and put that in my swing. And, oh, does, does this work? Keep it. And if it doesn't work, you know, throw it away and move on to something else. But uh, I actually had... Um, watched a bunch of Morgan Cox, which you guys had on a couple podcasts ago on here as well. And I watched him a bunch and you know he's you know renowned and known for his accuracy and being just consistent and stuff. And so I was really like the best thing I wanted to be good at is consistent and accurate when my snaps. And so I kind of took a lot of his same little key parts. But uh I've watched both you guys a ton too. So It's a, it's just something I like to do kind of use my resources and watch anything I can, but yeah, I've watched a bunch of film on a lot of different guys.
0: Yeah. That's one thing that I've learned over the years, watching guys across the league, you know, there's 30, you know, Blake and I are pretty similar, but basically every guy has their own technique. You don't see, you know, every, every guy's kind of got a few quirks in his technique that kind of makes it personal to him, but the, the the thing that is consistent across the board, not to be uh, repetitive, but is what you just said: consistency and accuracy. Those are the two things because everybody can snap it hard, you know, at, at the NFL level. It's more about being consistent and accurate. That's what's going to get you that job on the team someday. But um, so kind of jumping from uh, high school, you you're you're getting recruited to Arkansas. You commit to Arkansas. You go there. You're playing. Uh, you know, SEC football, we're, we're obviously familiar with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was that transition like for you going from high school to competing in the best conference in the nation?
1: You know, you always hear everything about how big and tough the SEC is. You know, it's the third conference in the NFL, they say. Me thinking coming in as a freshman, I'm like, shoot, man, I want to start. I want to play. So I pack on a bunch of weight, and I'm 250 coming in as a freshman. And it wasn't until I got there that I realized, this is not the right 250, <laughs> and so I had to. I, I redshirted my freshman year, so I had to scrap all the work I had, and I dropped down to like 205. And from there, I've been able to build up, and now I'm. I'm I weighed in at like 235. Usually, I sit around like 238, 240. Nowadays, it was a big shock for me when I first got there. Cause I was like, "Oh, SEC football, this is some big stuff. Like, you need to be have power in this stuff." But I, I realized I had the wrong kind of power. So I, I definitely had a an awakening with that
0: one more thing on that my the the kind of the and, and just cuz you're played at Arkansas that brought up a, a a reminder for me the two coldest games that I played in college were both of our games at Arkansas was playing in the cold a hard transition for you coming from Branson I know you it's probably similar weather there Uh, as to Arkansas, but it it was playing, was playing those late November, early December games in Arkansas. Was that, was that somewhat of an adjustment for you? Was it easy coming from high school? Tell us about that.
1: The weather in Arkansas, it gets really windy and cold late in the year there. It's like gusts. It stays around 25 miles an hour wind and it'll gust up in the thirties. For me, I never really played football late into the winter because my team in high school was not particularly great. I'd like to say that's how I got recruited. Cause so many guys saw us punting, but, um, uh, so yeah, I, um, that's I funny really you say that. My- Cause
0: I had 12 punt snaps my senior season. We played 15 games. So Good it's Lord. like complete, it's like the complete opposite. Like we were storing so many points. All I could put on there, like on my recruiting tape, I had to put every punt snap yeah. and like half of my field goal snaps. Cause that's all I had. It's like 62 PAT snaps and
1: 12. <laughs> punts. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um but yeah, it was a it was a transition for me, definitely coming into the cold and I've gotten used to it now and obviously in the pros, I mean, for sure Reed knows this. Uh playing in the cold is something you deal with like every day or every yeah. weekend in in uh Buffalo. But um yeah, it was definitely takes a little adjusting too, but I'm good with it now.
0: That was well, a, that was a big adjustment for me coming go transitioning to Buffalo. Because, play, you know, obviously playing down in Baton Rouge, it's super hot. You're basically right. going from one extreme to the other extreme. So it was, it was definitely an adjustment. That's why I was curious about uh, Arkansas for sure.
1: Yeah, it really well, dries out the hands.
0: Well, Jordan, when we knew that you were coming on the pod, we were doing some research and spoke with some former teammates of yours who have, have told us to – ask you about how they welcome you to Fayetteville.
1: Yeah. So when I got there, we have usually have the freshman specialists get haircuts and you got to wear it through all of fall camp. And then this isn't, this isn't just it. any,
0: this isn't just any haircut
1: though. Oh no, they they bring in, we have one of our old snappers and he comes in and shaves you up and cleans you up. A lot of people think it's professional. It's done so well, but uh, we, we get some good designs. I had a good old sunglasses and a mustache handlebar mustache shaved in the back of my head hairline pushed up to about mid head and a mohawk coming forward. So I I definitely, you wouldn't, I wouldn't look like someone you want to bring home to uh, meet your parents. If it was a girl.
0: (laughs) Yep. So uh, I will, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll expose him a little bit. It was Preston Stafford, a a teammate of mine and yours. Uh, He, He transferred to LSU and I was like, Hey, I was like, do you have any funny stories on Jordan? And he, he told me to ask, ask you about that and then he sent me the video of all of the (laughs) of of all of the guys you included and some other guys Preston included too um I think Preston had like a pineapple shaved in his head with like the the top coming out you know and um and then somebody had like a lizard shaved in their head and then yep like the avatar last airbender arrow or something. It was crazy, but man, that's, that, that was the highlight of, of my research for this interview. So I had to, had to toss that in there.
1: Yeah, for sure. That was, it was a, looking back, it's funny to like, see it all and be like, yeah, I was really messed up at this point with my hair. You know, a lot of girls, You when you first come to college, you're like trying to talk to people and make friends. And no girl really wants to even look at you when you have that haircut on. But so,
0: so how long did you have to keep it?
1: You kept it for all of fall camp, so about a month. For freshman orientation, they move in like two weeks before school, and you had to keep it until the first day of school. And then I just shaved my head bald basically. So you
0: did two weeks of you did two weeks of walking around campus a little bit. You were mostly at the football facility, but two weeks of seeing females on campus with a handlebar mustache and sunglasses in the back of your head
1: yeah they, they probably thought i was an addict or on something honestly <laughs> <laughs>
0: you never know hey you never know in arkansas
1: appreciate that Thank you,
0: <laughs> jordan i've got a couple questions about the senior bowl um obviously with you being there currently but before that obviously you have uh you made the decision to move on to the nfl forego a season what kind of weighed into your decisions to go ahead and, and move to the league?
1: What motivated me to leave college and come here was um, obviously an invite to the Senior Bowl is pretty awesome. Uh, it's really hard to turn up kind of that because it's like the first stepping stone to the NFL. I know you went to the NFLPA, which is another prestigious awesome game, but any of those uh, all-star game invites is really like hey, some guys are looking at you and you might consider going because if you don't, with the new NIL stuff people get a good amount of money, but you're passing up a lot of money and uh, a dream really everybody has a dream of playing in the NFL so um, that weighed in heavily and also I just um, I think I I did a great career at Arkansas but it was time for me to move on really it was a little rough at the beginning we went four and eight two and ten two and ten and then three and seven but my last year finally we went nine and four which was it was a nice little cherry on top of a garbage can or something of my career there but uh it was a good thing. And I think they're turning around there, but, um, I think it was time for me to go on and let's, uh, let the new guys kind of take over it and see where, where my career would take me.
0: Obviously hitting on the senior bowl. What is, you know, you, you, you got the invite. You accepted it. You kind of prepped mentally, physically to be there for this week. You mentioned how kind of the schedule, how tough the schedule is, very long days, including the practices and meetings and interviews and stuff. What was Mm -hmm. maybe one or two of your main goals going into the Senior Bowl that you wanted to walk away and say, yep, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish?
1: One of my main goals coming here was to basically just put my name on the map. You know, it's it's really hard to get kind of scouted as a long snapper. I think we all know the life of a long snapper is far and few in between. So uh, just bringing my name out here to such a prestigious event and get in front of all these scouts here you know, a lot of people come to see like Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, those big names like that coming here making a statement and showing that I can snap and, and, uh, run the NFL scheme and interview really well with any of the scouts really would help my draft stock. And so I saw it as an awesome opportunity and a blessing.
0: Have you gotten any coaching from anybody, I guess, at the pro level or any coaches along your way to kind of integrate the, the NFL kind of the putt pro scheme?
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that. Cause, um, Obviously, here, uh, two NFL teams run the practices, and it's actually a really awesome surprise. I'm coached by the American team, which is the Lions, and they actually have their old long snapper, 17-year vet, Don Muehlbach, here, and he's coaching yeah, awesome. me one-on-one and, and working with nice. me one-on-one. That's fantastic. Yeah.
0: He's a great dude. It's
1: really funny. Yeah, he's, he's really cool. And then um, we had a financial meeting last night, and Vikings vet Kevin McDermott was here as well which is hilarious. And then back in Arkansas, I'm getting I'm working one-on-one with Packers' vet long snapper Brett Good. He lives 30 minutes north in Bentonville, so yeah, nice. he's been coming down and working with me this past month trying to get me prepped for everything. Yeah. Well,
0: we um we asked our social media followers, listeners to uh toss us a couple questions, so we wanted to finish the interview uh with those. We have one from Original Ginger 84 and she, <laughs> she asks what is your waffle house order
1: Ooh, waffle house order i mean there's really only one right answer here and it's the all-star special if i'm going to be honest that's great price great food for uh, the value and honestly i would order it anytime i go there
0: so are you is it bacon sausage are you
1: yeah raisin go, toast
0: uh, the opportunities go, uh, are endless
1: yeah, no doubt about that. I, um, I go scrambled eggs to start with because when you fry eggs, it's kind of based off preference and it's easily messed up. So I don't like to give the chance for that, but I'll go, uh, scrambled eggs. I'll go bacon. I'll go regular toast. And then sometimes if I'm feeling spicy, I'll throw in a chocolate chip waffle.
0: Something that over the years that Reed and I have found to be very helpful in our ventures to the American hibachi restaurant which is waffle house um we've found it very helpful to ask for the waffle at the end of the meal because number one you don't want to eat it first because you'll just fill up on waffle and you won't eat your eggs and your bacon and all the protein but secondly it's still hot so they bring it out at the end of the meal and it's it is like nice and fresh and it's warm and it is everything that is that represents goodness on this planet so um, next time you go to waffle house order your chocolate chip waffle at the end.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's a veteran move. I'm, I'm writing that down in my notebook, no doubt. Yeah.
0: yeah, you didn't. I mean, you're learning from learning from some some experienced long snappers here, and you, you didn't think that you would be getting food advice. You thought you would be getting long snapping advice, but here we are. Yeah, so, any
1: knowledge is good knowledge. <laughs> that's right, no
0: doubt. Former fellow long snapper, Caleb Hendricks. I'm not sure if you know Caleb or not. He asks, playing in the SEC West – what was the hardest environment to snap in?
1: Hardest environment to snap in. Obviously, any any of the stadiums in the SEC West is really tough environments to snap in. Really we loud. You had to pick
0: one, like, h- the hardest, loudest, just, like, most raucous environment in the SEC West.
1: I'll uh, I'll go ahead and pay homage to you guys. There um, go. Death Valley. Death there Valley was go. pretty loud. We played there. I think it was uh, – Joe Burrow's um, senior day or homecoming game, something like that. But uh, yeah, the stadium was rocking, nonetheless. It was on y'all's national championship run, and um, well, I think we had a backed-up punt or something. We punted a bunch that game. We weren't really primed and ready that year. So, uh, <laughs> but um, it was it was pretty loud, no doubt about that. One of the louder ones in the country, I'd, I'd assume to guess, and seeing Joe Burrow's quotes about. I played in the SEC. It there leaves no doubt in my mind about that.
0: All right, last question for you it comes from uh, my guy Nops nine seven nine one seven on Instagram. What was the most incredible Razorbacks win you ever were, you were ever a part of?
1: Well, since I just paid homage to you guys, I might as well take a little knock on you guys. Um, <laughs> we, we, we had uh, we went down to Death Valley this year <laughs> and, took, that, um, took
0: the boot back.
1: Yeah, it was a slugfest, but. Um, It was, it was pretty cool. We hit a overtime game winning field goal and to be a part of something like that is pretty awesome. So uh, I'll say that one. (laughs) That's fair.
0: I'll wear that one. I'll wear that one. I will say that uh, Reed and I have both been a part of game winning field goals and there are not many better feelings in the world than being a part of a play like that and a win like that. Well, Jordan, this has been a lot of fun. Congratulations on making the next step. We're excited to uh, watch you. Good luck this week in the Senior Bowl. We will be tuning in. Is that, that's on Saturday?
1: Yes, it's on uh, Saturday, I think at 1.30 p.m. Central Time on the NFL Network.
0: Listeners, I'll be tuning in, in. And we will... Be watching out for Jordan Silver. Man, congrats and best of luck. Well, thanks to Jordan Silver for joining us this week. I know he is super busy down in Mobile. We had a blast interviewing him. Um, Reed, we've got time for one final thought. What do you have? One final thought and, uh, uh, you know, obvious thank you to Jordan. Uh, He was a great interview. Uh, We appreciate him taking a few minutes out of his extremely busy schedule this week to Uh, come on the podcast. So greatly appreciated wishing him the best of luck, uh, in his journey to, uh, get a spot on a roster. So, okay. So one final thought. Uh, we started, started this last week. I figured when when I'm writing in my notes, what is something I'm passionate about? Right. And what's going on right now in the sports world? The MLB lockout, right? I can't help but think that the MLB for all that they've gained, in the past few years, right? Oh You know, so many great games, so many great matchups. The playoffs have been incredible. Expanded playoffs, there's more teams, all this stuff. Guys signing massive contracts, you know, superstars across the board. A couple of years ago, the MLB kind of changed up their social media strategy, uh, so, sort of like their game plan of how they were going to promote the game. And they kind of started going towards promoting really uh, the superstars that, you know, Promoting uh, players' YouTube channels, all this stuff, obviously to push the content, but also to uh, kind of actively go after that younger audience. Because for for a long time, everybody said, "Well, you know, all MLB fans are you know thirty years and older. You know, nobody, no, 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 nobody young watches MLB anymore." And I think um, if you look across the board, that's that's really changed in the past two to three years. There's really they the MLB has really gained a significant portion of the younger audience back you know at, at, now that they have kind of changed their social their social game plan anyway that gets me into my point all of those fans that the MLB has worked so hard to gain the owners the league across the board Manfred that's a story for another day that's a that's a discussion for another day he's the worst ever They're they're doing more to tarnish what they have built by not ending the lockout, obviously, than doing something to continue having baseball discussions right now, because they're they're right right now. What would normally be going on a ton of free agency talk signings going on winter meetings would have just happened recently. There would be you know, there'd be a baseball would be in the news right outside of. The podcasts that I listen to talking baseball with John Boy Media, they're great. There's, you know, that's where I'm going for my baseball news because there's nothing going on. Baseball's out of the news. It's not in your face, which is what you have to be on social for people to keep paying attention to you nowadays, right? You need to put out, be putting out constant content and stuff. So, uh, I'm just afraid that there's, you know, there's a lot of rumors that the MLB, possibly won't be back until, you know, they, they might lose part of the season because of the negotiations. I just feel like that would be, you know, I, we're both huge baseball fans. I just feel like that would be not great for this for sport. If these negotiations keep lingering and nothing comes to uh, an agreement. My final thought is a tribute and a congratulations to the greatest quarterback in the history of the league. And Somebody that, frankly, Reed, you and I have pulled against and played against for our whole lives. (laughs) He has, so Tom Brady has finished his career after 22 years, which is mind-blowing. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in 22 years, but it likely will not be playing football. I, I just remember growing up, you and I, Watching, sitting in the living room, watching the Colts playing in the playoffs against Tom Brady seemingly every year. And just, I just remember being so frustrated because they were always so good. And I guess when he left New England and went to Tampa, it kind of made him more likable to millions of of football viewers. Because the Patriots were when he was there, they were like the team that everybody loved to hate. But when he went to Tampa, it was like, you know, he's he's out in Florida, he's having fun. He's he won, you know, he won the Super Bowl, and he's like on the boat, you, you know, tossing the tossing the tr- the Lombardi Trophy like between the boats and stuff. And and man, it's it's just cool to look back and and have watched Brady for most of his career and to be able to say that we were able to bear witness to the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Congrats to Tom. I know he's probably going to end up making more money now than he ever did playing football, just like Shaquille O'Neal, just like all of the marketable athletes that are out there. It would be interesting to see what Gronk does now. I'd imagine that he would probably follow suit and, and finish his career there as well. Uh, but that's another story for another day. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but congratulations to Tom. He officially announced his retirement. I wish he was able to re- to announce it first, but that was not in the cards. So, uh, congrats to Tom, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what cool things that the TB12 brand comes up with here soon. Reed Ferguson does not endorse uh, everything that was just said. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Yeah, greatest I mean, I, of all time. It's hard for me to admit that because we we're such big uh, Peyton fans growing up. But um, yeah, I mean they they had so many battles. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just a cool uh, cool thing. You know, you're you know you competed on the same field against uh, arguably the greatest of all time. So pretty cool. Well, that's a wrap on this week's pod. As always, you can follow us on social media at After the Snap Pod. Go subscribe and give us a review, a rating. All of that helps us to grow our pod and get more listening. We'll see you here next week, next Thursday. This has been After the Snap, tales from two brothers who live life upside down.